recording. Okay, let's say a morning prayer. Our community prayer. Let's take a moment to appreciate our community gathered here today. For as the Buddha stated, community isn't an aspect of the path, it is the path. Today, I feel fortunate to sit as a member of this kind community in the safety and security of like-minded friends, sharing this present moment with others dedicated to the cultivation of goodness. Today, I'm grateful for the direction and support that this community provides, a community worthy of my time and commitment, a community where my efforts have meaning, purpose, and are appreciated. Today, I'm thankful for this community of awakening, a place to gain the knowledge and skills to improve my life, a family, a home, and a sanctuary for all of us seeking refuge from the storm. Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, I got a couple people. Now we are, uh, we're live and we are recording, but I have to juggle a little bit because I have to let people in at the same time I'm trying to do a teaching. If people come late, I'm not sure what I'll do. So that's okay. And my apologies for everyone at home. I want to try to, I think during the teachings, Oh, I don't quite remember how to, um, oh, here it is. I'm sorry. I've, it's been a while. I want to go into speaker view and I want to pin mine for the audio and the video. Oh, so good to see everybody, Carl. You made it. Antonella, everybody's here. What a lovely group of people I have here. What a fortunate monk I am. It's been a while since we've done a teaching. It feels really exciting. I love a teaching day. It gives me a chance to just gab and gab and gab and nobody has to talk back. It's kind of <laughs> kind of cool. So my friends, let's get started with a little bit of a teaching. Before we start, why don't we take a moment to connect? For some of you who might not know the practice, connecting is when we just take a few moments and follow our breath, and we try to connect with each other, the universe, the reality, the world, whatever you'd like to connect to. We like to, to connect with the humanity in each one of us, that each one of us wants to be happy and doesn't want to suffer. We all share this human uh, experience. So let's take a moment and connect. Oh, the perfect practice for starting a teaching. Gets me to relax a little and remember to be mindful. I forget also. Does everybody have their drinks? What are we drinking today? I'm indulging in a lovely big cup of iced coffee. So I appear energetic and enthusiastic. Okay, so today... We are doing Miss Nalini's very favorite practice. I am so excited. This is the first time we've, we're teaching this. And we are teaching the practice of the four gifts. 
It's part of our Skillful Living series. It's an easy practice. It's a short practice. I think, I think the whole text is just a page or so long, but I believe it's quite profound. And I think I'll start by telling you the origin story of this. So um, I was at Gyumei Tantric Monastery in South India, and I, I had a lovely teacher named, uh, his nickname was Dachamba, which means foe destroyer. And it's the, uh, it's the level before you become a Buddha, you become this foe destroyer. And not that he had the level, he was a very great practitioner, but he had the nickname because uh, he really impressed people. And uh, one day he gave me a nice lesson and he told me, he said, uh, you know, the greatest gift you can give to the world is your own happiness. Uh, because when you're happy, you're at your best. You're your most, you're your most uh, patient and understanding and caring. And, and, and I found this to be a very, very profound teaching. And uh, it became one of my main teachings when I was in the monastery. When I first entered the monastery, as you could imagine, living with all these Tibetans and barely speaking the language, it was culturally a very challenging experience. And this practice really helped me to get through it, to remember to be happy. And I remember a lot of my monk friends, uh, though no one really talked about the practice, everyone did it. I had a monk friend that told me, he said, uh, oh, if I'm feeling really emotional or vulnerable or bad, uh, I'll stay in my room all day so I don't have to, uh, to subject others to my negative feelings. And I was quite impressed by that. What a lovely uh, thing to do to be that sensitive and caring about other people's feelings. So I started doing the practice. I really enjoyed it. Just, just uh, waking up in the morning determined to, uh, to try to be as happy as I could. Of course, everyone knows, you know, that it, that's optional. You know, there's so many obstacles in our lives that come up and there's real reasons to not be happy almost every day, right? Um, let alone uh, really tragic things like the death of loved ones and things. But the idea is to the best of your ability to be as happy as you can for the concern of others, not a happiness uh, trying to fool yourself that you're happy or something. This is for the for the sake of others. So, so then I started to realize that there was other qualities that uh, were equally the same, uh, and these qualities, uh, it, like happiness itself, are contagious qualities. Uh, and I think we all know it. When a friend shows up in a good mood and he's happy, he he brightens the room, brings up everybody's spirits. So I started to realize that there were, th there were some other qualities. And I, I think the first one after happiness I found was stability. And I realized that when I, when I would actively hold a, a real emotional mental stability, it seemed to really benefit the people around me. So if people came to me and with problems and things, uh, if I could hold that stability, I could really see how contagious it was and, and they could feel it also. And I, I soon found that it was quite a magnetizing quality that when you, when you hold that stability, that's a quality people like, and that's a, a quality that makes others feel safe and feel good. Uh, so eventually, uh, then I had, so then it was the two gifts practice. And then I added another and it was the three gifts practice. And then, uh, 
ultimately I ended up with the practice which we have now called the four gifts practice. So the four gifts is a practice of altruism and mindfulness, a daily practice of generosity that you can offer to the world throughout your day. Uh, the gift of your stability, calmness, care, and happiness. Those are the four. Stability, calmness, care, and happiness. These qualities are contagious and bring out the best in others and ourselves. So I think of it as just a big cake with different levels. And what happens with we start down here with our stability. And once we have stability and we can hold that quality and embrace it, then each quality that comes after adds a nuance to the quality it's being placed upon. So when we start off with stability, then a calmness is placed on that stability. Stability already has a calmness, but we're talking about a more profound calmness. And it changes that stability. Then we place care on top of that. And that changes that quality once again, the care and love and compassion and empathy for others. And then the cherry on top is our own happiness, which just really finishes the whole thing. And what happens is once you've been practicing it for a while, you can start to feel it as a single quality of these four qualities together. So that's what the, the goal is, that we can create a union of these qualities. And what do you call those qualities put all together? I'm not sure, but it, you know, they're enlightened qualities. They're awakened qualities. Uh, it's an extraordinary mental state to hold uh, and experience. Um, so that's how this practice works. It's an easy practice. It doesn't take any time requirement. It's a lot like mindfulness and other things. The hardest part is just simply remembering the practice, right? Yeah, that's always the toughest thing, right? We, we think, oh, it's a great practice, but I can never remember. So we could use the same techniques we do with our mindfulness practice. If you want to tape up notes all over your house and let your wife think you're crazy or get your phone to beep every five minutes or those kind of things. Oh, Danny's here. Let's let her in. Um, so we know how to do that. That's, that's kids play for us. We're professional mindfulness practitioners. Um, so we'll be dealing with the same stuff. And as you can imagine, it really is a practice of mindfulness. Why? Because we're directing and holding our awareness in a specific kind of a way. I'm just letting all kinds of people in. I hope nobody's going to bomb us. We got bombed the other day. It was a horror. It was just a tragic experience. I, I thought it was terrible. Okay. Um, this, this practice is generally applied when engaging with others, but it doesn't need to be. Now, it can be utilized whenever you want to feel more centered. Um, so you can practice it just on your own when you're sitting around. It's about generating that quality. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's get into some of the levels. So first of all, our first gift, these four gifts, the first gift is our stability, our gift of our stability to the world. This serves as a, as a foundation for all the others. Um, now, when we're talking about stability, I'm really talking about a mental and emotional maturity. Uh, that embraces wisdom, our strength, our dependability, and our sense of balance and fairness. 
Um, it includes uh, having a strong sense of confidence, but also durability, flexibility, resilience, gentleness, a sense of control. Uh, being stable is being a reliable friend, spouse, parent, coworker, a, a person who contributes to a more stable environment. So that's what we're talking about here. For me, the, the word that sticks out the most is maturity, but it doesn't have to be a dry maturity where you don't have a sense of humor. It's just that emotional and mental stability that can hold itself and not be carried away by things. Uh, so the next question is, oh, that sounds great, Tenzin Tarpa, but how do you become more stable? I'm glad you asked. I, I actually have some ways of becoming more stable. So um, the, the first goal of each one of these is to understand the importance of the practice itself. When you do that, you take the practice seriously and you'll apply it. I often think that practices like this that are kind of they sound kind of fun, you know, the four gifts, and it sounds positive and uplifting, but I'm often afraid that people don't see the profundity of the practice, like our practice of shining. Remember, we talked so much about that, that the big worry was that people thought it was just contrived happiness, that that it was some kind of a light, uh, light practice where we're, we're chasing rainbows and unicorns. But the fact is in the practice of shining, we shine with our most profound qualities. So I'd like you to do the same with this. I'd like you to look past the kind of light uh, title of it. And I'd like you to, uh, first of all, practice it so you can experience its profundity. But to me, this is, uh, this is an amazing practice. Uh, let alone is it Nalini's favorite practice. It's one of my main practices also. So, um, so the first thing we want to do is cultivate an aspiration for each quality. So here we want to cultivate an aspiration to be stable. That's where it begins. When you wake up in the morning and your aspiration is there, and today I'm going to be more stable, and hopefully for the benefit of others. The idea of this practice is kind of, uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's an altruistic practice that we do for others, but wonderfully, we're the ones that are the recipients of the greatness of the practice. And I don't, I'm not talking about karma, which of course you would get if you, uh, if you believe in karma, but I'm talking about that the real change is inside you. The real change is how your mind operates within this. And when you can, when you can make this practice a nearly constant state of mind, it truly changes your life. It is a magical practice. Um, so the first thing we have to do is just really appreciate the practice itself. Um, uh, it's important to understand that genuine stability can only exist internally within the mind. And the reason for this is the, the external world is simply too chaotic to support any kind of uh, reliable stability, which I think you all know. But internally, that's the only place that we have enough control that we can actually create a little bubble of stability. And from there, we, we learn how to increase that and, and incorporate it into our uh, full lives. Um, one of the things is confidence is very important in this practice. Um, so let alone are we doing a teaching of this practice now, 
we're also today is beginning a week long practice challenge of this practice. So for uh, many of the regulars here, they'll all be doing the practice. I encourage everyone here to uh, engage with us in a week long practice of the four gifts. Uh, we have a, uh, a question and answer group on WhatsApp that we exchange messages to support each other. Of course, we have a Q&A group on, we have a Facebook group that you can join and do the same. I'm a click away if anybody has any questions about the practice, but these practice challenges, as a group, we do these uh, wonderful practices. Each week we do a different practice and the support knowing that your friends are out there doing the same, that they're dealing with the same struggles each day is just magical. And not just for students, but for the teacher himself. I get such a buzz from knowing that all you guys are out there doing the same practice that I am. It's just so cool, right? So um, we need to have confidence in ourselves. We have to stop doubting ourselves, start believing in ourselves, your potential and the strength behind the your beneficial influence on others. That's an important one. That's what we're talking about with the four gifts, that these four gifts, when you radiate them towards others, have a profound beneficial influence on others. Another thing for uh, creating stability is, is uh, experiencing and appreciating the contentment or, that arises from stability. So when you start practicing stability and you see this contentment and calmness, uh, you like it, you want more of it. So that helps us keep going. Um, we want to be mindful of stimuli, taking information in with a cool head. Uh, of course, we, some of us, we know that as practicing objective distance or stillness, uh, that helps a lot, uh, which includes pausing before reaction, allowing space and wisdom that, uh, to, uh, to exist between ourselves and our reality. Um, one of the big ones that I had a problem with, I used to always personify other people's problems. And in stability, you have to, you kind of have to stop that. You know, I would, I would, for whatever reason, like get at a yelling match with a cashier somewhere. And then uh, all, and I did nothing wrong. The cashier's just in a bad mood, but all day long, all I would think about is what I did wrong. And then you realize you didn't do anything wrong. The cashier's just having a bad day. It wasn't, it wasn't personal, but I think a great deal of our problems are, are the way we personify other people's problems. So we want to keep an eye on that. Uh, always keep a little of your attention inward to yourself. This creates a slight distance between you and the world, allowing for space and wisdom and skill to be applied, uh, objective distance. And then by staying present as best you can, uh, the four gifts will help you stay present. And then following the breath and the other things we know in mindfulness will help the four gifts. <clears throat> oh, and lastly, one of my favorites is uh, learning to look at language as a flowing river, uh, noticing how words flow in emotional and irrational and inconsistent streams. And your job is to discern. It's kind of like sitting, sitting and watching a river go by. It's just a river of language. It's your job to discern what's important and what's not. We tend to get hung up on everything people say. So when somebody says something, we feel we need to reply or we need to answer. But the more calm you become, the more you realize a great deal of it is nonsense. And you learn how to identify 
what's important and what's not, and how to let a great deal of it just pass by, especially any kind of offensive or discursive speech. Only respond to what's significant and important. Now, that takes practice, but just knowing that really helps, just understanding that that's what we do. Let's move on to the second gift. So we have this, we have this yummy, delicious bottom cake of stability. I think we'll make it a chocolate cake because uh, it's my favorite. And uh, we have our base of stability. Now we're going we're gonna to add to that and we're going to add our gift of calmness. Uh, so here, uh, calmness is our spaciousness, our contentment, patience, clarity, our gentleness and ease, projecting a sense of harmony, being cool-headed, rational, and a generous and interested listener. So when we add calmness to that stability, it becomes very yummy. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And what I do when I practice this is that, like say I'm walking down the street, I literally do one at a time and I build them up. So first I'll, I'll, I'll take that stability and I'll create it. Then I'll add the next layer, next layer, next layer. And then I feel how it all feels together. And nowadays I've been practicing it so long, there's just a certain mindset that I enter and that's, uh, that's this practice. Um, the first step in understanding the importance of uh, the practice, of course, is uh, cultivating an aspiration to be calmer. Again, waking up in the morning and saying, I'm gonna try to be calmer today. Uh, calmness is, is cultivated by slowing down, focusing on the breath, being mindful and in the present moment, and by practicing contentment. Additional practices of meditation, mindfulness, yoga, tai chi, all kinds of breath work are many, many ways of becoming calmer. But I think the breath is one of the best ways. Of course, we have the three breath meditation. We have the practice of connecting. These all really bring our level of anxiety down and, and help us to be calmer. Now on number three, we have the gift of our care. Now this is our warmth, our kindness, our sense of communal responsibility, being considerate, generous, open-hearted, gentle, and helpful to others. This is our empathy, our compassion, our love towards the world around us. Um, and how do we become more caring? Uh, again, the first thing is to appreciate the practice and develop an aspiration to be more caring, meaning to make up your mind to be caring. Um, we, can, uh, we can begin by seeing others as people just like ourselves, recognizing their shared humanity, which is our practice of connecting. We can also, by, we can also uh, discover and take delight in the joy that comes from helping others. So as we help others, really be focused and recognize the benevolent qualities that you feel from it. See what the benefit of the practice for yourself. Next, realizing the positive potential that this, uh, that caring for others creates. And at the same time, realizing the suffering that arises from self-cherishing, that when we only think of ourselves, uh, that life's pretty lonely and pretty empty and hollow. And on to our fourth and last layer is the cherry on top, the gift of our happiness. 
which is where this whole journey started. This is quite possibly the greatest gift you can give to the world. I'm going to let somebody in. This is the greatest gift you can give to the world. For when you're happy, you're at your best. You're more patient, accepting, loving, forgiving, understanding, and generous, while also being smarter, healthier, more emotionally balanced and productive, according to great, a great amount of studies these days, that uh, being happy isn't just a, a quality that we appreciate and like, but actually happiness is a, is a better state of mind for human beings. We function better. Our immune system is higher. We, we uh, do better on tests. We're healthier. We're sure a whole lot more fun to be around. That's why we keep Carl around, just to let his contagious happiness wash over us. <laughs> uh, how do you become happy? Well, by the way, I have a whole book coming out of this one in about, a, in about two weeks, The Practice of Happiness. But again, understanding the importance of happiness and cultivating an aspiration to be happy. Um, meaning waking up each morning and setting your intentions to be positive, cheerful, energetic, and constructive. Of course, this is easier said than done, for obstacles and suffering are an undeniable and constant factor of our lives. So the most effective method in cultivating uh, appreciate is appreciation, uh, contemplating the preciousness of life, the potential you have access to, and the opportunities that it follows. So uh, I think we've all, uh, through our practice of appreciation, we have a text called Awakening Through Appreciation, which uh, really uh, is one of the greatest practices, I think, to find happiness. So when we talk about happiness, uh, we're talking about the happiness of contentment. We're talking about happiness that exists between elation at one end and mundane happiness at the other end. Uh, we're talking about a peaceful contentment that serves as our default mindset, where our mind kind of exists when it's not being uh, stimulated by external experiences. And uh, so uh, the practice of appreciation is one of the very great practices for uh, gaining some uh, higher levels of happiness. Um, the other one is to embrace reality, accepting the world as it is and uh, not the way you wish it to be by accepting the fact that problems do and always will exist, then using insight, compassion, and effort to persevere, to remedy and overcome our obstacles. So um, one of the great uh, aspects of our suffering is our constant uh, fighting with uh, change that we're, we're always fighting against change. We never really accept the world as it is. We always wish it was a little better. We all have a projection in our minds of what we think the world should be, and then we're upset because it's not. Um, when you start to accept the world as it is first, and then set out to do something to change it, uh, it works a lot better. You, your results are a lot more fruitful. And lastly, by realizing that emotions are not merely reactionary, but also habitual, that you can actively generate, cultivate, and sustain happiness. So most of us feel that way. We, we feel that we're victims kind of, of our emotions, that 
we just we're going to stumble into happiness one day or if i meet all the right conditions happiness may arise but the fact is is that you can create happiness now some people would say well that doesn't sound like a genuine happiness that sounds quite contrived but the fact is is that it may start that way but you can get to the point where uh, that contrived happiness at the beginning really turns into real happiness. For myself, I I can't tell the difference. Uh, when I when I uh, when I cultivate happiness in myself in contemplation, sitting in a chair, and I I know what that feeling feels like in my stomach and my chest, and I can increase it and and rise, and I can let that happiness wash over me. Uh, boy, it sure feels pretty real to me. And what we're trying to do is, of course, habituate ourselves to these uh, more uh, virtuous mindsets. So uh, you can actively uh, cultivate happiness and therefore spread it throughout your day. Any questions from my gallery? Wow, what a group of people I have. Am I handing out cars like Oprah or something? Did somebody, did somebody not tell me something? Uh, So that's the practice. We're going to talk a little bit more. It's just those four lovely qualities are stability, calmness, care, and happiness. And they are simply magical. Who knows in the future if I'll add any more to it. I don't think it needs any more. To me, it, as a practice itself, it really feels pretty good. I don't, I don't think it needed anything else. Humor might be a nice one to put on top, but maybe that's happiness. Um, Let's talk about what the success in this practice will look like. Um, the thing about this practice is we're not looking, we're not, our eye isn't set on the complete mastery of it. And one day, boom, I'm a master of the four gifts. Our, our success is each day that we're able to do it to some extent. That's our, that's what we're shooting for. We're shooting for just to be a little better today. Right. And, each day to get a little bit better at the practice. So we're going to start today in our uh, seven-day challenge. And you can get the hang of it. Uh, like always, you can bring this practice into your insight meditation. And you can, you can take a different topic each day or different sessions. You can use them all together. And of course, uh, I always recommend that the most. That's where you get the most out of your contemplation is when you bring things into your insight meditation practice. And I think a lot of you know that these practices of the, that I write all come from my own insight meditation. That whenever I have an idea, I go directly to there. And as I'm writing things, I, I continue to go back to my insight meditation to hone things. And I couldn't, I couldn't come up with any of this stuff without it. It's a wisdom that's far beyond me my, my daily wisdom, should I have bologna or, or tuna for lunch? You know? so, um, so we're looking for incremental success. Just a little better each day, getting the hang of it. And we're also evaluating it. This is a new practice for all of you. So this week, we're just doing a little evaluation. You guys are dipping your toes in the water, getting a taste for the forgives trying to decide whether I'm offering something interesting or not, but please give it a try. And uh, it, I believe it's a very profound practice. Um, 
And uh, we were talking before about, well, when we talk about success in this practice, what exactly are we talking about? And to me, the four gifts uh, really contribute themselves to what I would call uh, enlightened behavior, awakened behavior. Um, and in Buddhism, we have different practices to do this. We have the Eightfold Path. We have the, the six paramitas for, for Mahayana practitioners. But to be honest with you, I never felt like they were coherent practices or they, they didn't seem to, uh, to be practicable. You know, the Eightfold Path, you kind of, it's a checklist and you think, oh yeah, I'm doing all of those things, but it doesn't really come across as a single practice. And all of my friends in the monastery all complain that the six paramitas didn't feel like a practicable thing. Again, they, each quality always remains separate. So that's one of the reasons I came up with this, that I thought that these lead to the same result but that they were, it was simple enough that it actually worked. When I practice this, I really do feel that kind of more enlightened behavior. So, and I'm hoping you will also. With practice, this, this can become quite constant. Uh, for myself, I think most days I'm, I'm in this four gifts. I'm, I'm so accustomed to them that uh, I don't, uh, they're always in the back of my mind. Uh, so, like our other practices, we talk about we have an intensity knob, like a volume knob. This is also, you know, there's, there's, there's times that you really could turn up the intensity of it and times to kind of turn it down. But uh, for helping others, like if, you're, if you have people that are suffering and you're empathizing and listening to them, boy, if you put your mind to these four gifts, there is no better listening place than these Everything is there for it. The happiness, if you're empathizing, the happiness one, we might want to turn down a little bit so we can empathize. And a, a strange side effect of the practice that I wasn't planning on, that some of my friends who suffer from uh, social uncomfort, shy people, or they told me that by doing this practice, it gives them something to focus on and it relieves their shyness. And that's probably the most interesting part about this practice is that it gives us an object of meditation or an object of mindfulness. When you're engaging with others, you have this in your mind. So you're just not sitting there uh, with your emotions, with raw emotions, doing whatever they want. You have a focus. There's something there to, uh, to place your mind on. You have a home there to, uh, to work from. That is by far the greatest quality of this. It gives you an object of mindfulness while you're interacting with people. Uh, and I could tell you some funny stories that when I practiced this, that people changed. Like I, uh, I had a, I did this trick with friends. I, I said, I bet I can, I can make the waiter touch me, you know, like on the shoulder, nothing, nothing naughty. And, uh, and, uh, and I would practice this really strongly. And sure enough, People always reached out to me. People, a waiter would just tap me on the shoulder and nod at me. Uh, if I went in places, people were nicer, like at the cashier would give me something extra or something. So uh, see for yourself. 
how this practice works. Now, it's not magic. There's no magic. We read each other through emotional cues and facial cues. We're very good at reading each other's emotions and our intentions. We all know the funny, bad, strange guy that just walked in the room and everybody looks at each other. And we all burst into a huge smile when that loving person walks in. Emotions are contagious. We read each other's emotions. So by holding yourself on these four gifts, it creates such an amazing building block to interact with others. And I think you'll find a real difference in the way people uh, respond to you. As a teacher, there's no better practice when I'm engaged, engaged with students that uh, these practices are really magnetizing. You'll find that you know people are drawn to these qualities. People will be drawn to your stability, your calmness, your care, your happiness. They'll seek you out for your wisdom and your counsel. So that's my pep talk on it. Um, and then, so we have our, our four gifts aspiration. I got that somewhere. Where is that? Let me find it for you folks. It's down here somewhere. One second. Ah, oh, okay. Somebody sent me a smiley face. Like always, our practices always have an aspiration. And the idea of these is this is your reminder. You wake up in the morning. I recommend, I'll put this on the WhatsApp group and the face group, a Facebook group, so everybody can download it. I recommend putting it on your phone for the week. So whenever you want to, you can hit a button on your phone and there's our aspiration. Let me go ahead and say it, our four gift aspiration. May my stability nurture maturity, wisdom and self-control in others. May my calmness soothe the wounds of those waged in life's daily battles. May my care bring hope and inclusion to those feeling vulnerable or marginalized. May my happiness inspire others to seek out their highest potential and greatest good. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> that's one of my, I think that's my, one of my better aspirations. I've always been really fond of that. And so uh, what I'm going to do, and I recommend it to you guys too, is that I'm going to put this on my phone and then throughout the day, just reflect on it every now and then go back and read it. And I find these, uh, you know me, I've said it a million times. I find Aspirations and affirmations are quite possibly the strongest practice we can do, even stronger than meditation, for changing and reprogramming our minds. They're just amazing. And, oh, I have another one while we're here. Uh, we have the, uh, our three-breath meditation we're going to use for the four gifts. Um, but we're going to use a four-breath four mantra. So the way that works is on our inhale, we silently say stable. On at the top of the inhale, you say calm. On the exhale, you say caring. And at the bottom of the exhale, you say happy. So stable, calm, caring, happy. So you can use this three breath meditation anytime you want. Guaranteed, it'll make a difference. One of Karen's favorite practices. And so just three full, lovely breaths it's a very short meditation, but the, the secret is having really strong concentration, really focusing on the breath and what you're reading here. And again, this can go on your phone also. Pretty cool, huh? 
I'm on the ball today. I got all my stuff. <laughs> I got all my stuff lined up. Oh, feels great to be teaching again, everybody. Oh, last thing I want to talk about is like all our practices, I, this needs to be, uh, this is a very important uh, aspect that we got to keep it in our minds at all time. Like all practices, it's your job to move this practice from the theoretical into the experiential, meaning to engage with the practice to the point of experiencing it as a felt sensation, both physical and emotional. So that means really feeling that stability in your bones. You know, if you're sitting, you're sitting in a chair right now, just to take a few minutes, take a breath, and just kind of glue yourself to that chair and just become a mountain and feel it experientially. And the same with all the other qualities, your care, your happiness. You have to take these practices and bring them into the experiential. If you don't, they don't really have that much of an effect. So uh, that's the most important part. And as all of you know, our group is all about practice. I've read enough books. I know Carl has like a library the size of a, the size of a giant 18-wheel truck. Um, but, uh, you know, so much of the time we do all this reading and then we get to the point where we notice there hasn't been much change. So one of the reasons I started this group was because I've, I decided to focus my life on and my work on uh, result in practice, to focus on practices that actually work and, and that also means kind of experimenting and finding practices that really work. And uh, guaranteed, this one works. This is, a, this is a wonderful, wonderful practice. And God, I think I've gabbed enough. Aren't you ever going to stop? Blah, blah, blah. I got some time for some questions from my lovely audience. And you're being recorded, so keep it clean. All of you are muted, so you can remember to unmute if you got a question. Oh, come on, Carl. I know you're thinking something. He's shy, everybody. He's an introvert. Yeah, that's me. I'm terribly shy. <laughs> um, uh, we were talking about... Um, you know, applying, um, you know, all, all teachings come from insight meditation and, okay. and applying these things. You know, what would you recommend? Let's say you were going to do insight meditation on the four gifts during the week, picking one particular aspect, say calmness or happiness or whatever, and doing insight meditation on that or trying to do insight meditation on the four as a whole if, if we're going to cultivate these things through meditation sure so sure. i think I'd, I'd word it a little differently i don't think that all practices begin with meditation but meditation is a method for cultivating practices right it's a an amazing uh, tool for for uh, really actualizing practices um so it's up to you but i would suggest uh maybe doing all four each day because uh, 
uh, you're going to try to put them all together every day, right? The first day you're going to be layering these and you're trying to, to get that. So I think before I said maybe practice one each day, I, I was mistaken. We definitely want to practice this with all four each day. So uh, if you're inside meditations, you know, a half an hour or something, just divide it up with all four. <clears throat> and then you can contemplate what the union is like and things like that. Great question. Oh, Miss Tara, this practice is for you. I think it's going to make you a new person. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not that you need to be. I like the Tara you are. You're a, wonder, <laughs> you're a wonderful Tara. But we all could improve. There's always yeah. room for just a little more sweetness to us all. So, Miss Tara, remember, you have to take this from the theoretical into the experience. We got to yeah, practice deep enough. Isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. Some people have a knack I for it. I don't really know how to put it into practice. You know. Uh, if you're having how any trouble at all, practically, you know, it's all theoretical. Yeah, well, that's how we would start, right? The theory kind of teaches us the practice. So yes, it starts in that way. But if you have problems during the week, be sure to just. Uh, uh, click on me and uh, we can do a Zoom call and I can help you. Some people have more of a natural ability to actualize things like that. And some people, it's an obstacle. So don't feel bad. In fact, Thich Nhat Hanh, the great Zen master, he claimed that that's the greatest obstacle for practitioners, is the, the, the problem he sees the most is that people really have problems actualizing what they what they what they study, taking it from that theoretical into the experiential. My thought is, is that we get better at anything with practice. So remember our mantra, we do the best we can. That's our group mantra, because there's nothing else you can do. But so don't be discouraged. Uh, you know, you, you might need a little bit more practice at it. But uh, let me know and we can talk and I can uh, help you. Maybe we can do some uh, meditations together. And next, I want to hear from Nalini, who this is her favorite practice. She was my first guinea, my first lab rat. In America, we call it a guinea pig. She was my first lab rat. She was the first and far too beautiful to be called a rat. Sorry about that. It's an expression. But she was the first one to really start practicing this. And uh, it worked pretty good. What do you think, Nalini? It changed my life. So uh, I think appreciation and mindfulness, which comes from meditating daily, um, it's like preparing the soil. Uh, in India, we prepare the land for planting of the rice. So you have to prepare the soil. So without that, the four gifts is, it's just a pie in the sky. So you need to make meditation, mindfulness and appreciation part of your life. Once you internalize it, there's no other word I can find. You have to internalize it. It's uh, like Tapa said, it's in your stomach. You feel it in your heart. So after that, your reactions become responses and it's a habit. You become a better listener. All these things, uh, it's Tapa's teaching. And then 
stability comes to you. I don't know how. I don't have the language for it. But if you do appreciate, and you know, uh, it's never there continuously. So you have moments of it uh, through the day. Other other times you're your horrible demonic self, but. <laughs> Through the day, you have moments where you're really stable and people around you change. And the biggest thing I have found is it's stability and then out of that comes calmness and then care and happiness. So if you start by saying, what will it give me? What can I get out of it? It's not going to work. You just, uh, you, you just do it like eating food or that's what I mean by internalizing. You... You've got to just do it and believe in it because the logical belief comes later. So first you believe without logic. So many of us who are have a questioning mind or who are scientifically trained, we, we believe in logic. We want logical answers. So sometimes belief comes before the logical answer. Um, this is my take on it. So I, I'm still a novice. So, you, you know... Uh, I'm awful at times, but the, the times I'm nice and I'm stable, but I have found the greatest gift of all these four gifts back to me is that people around me change. And I live in a, a big joint, it's called a joint family. You know, we live, generations of us live together. And to get along is not easy. Uh, it, it, you know, it's almost like, you know, the palace intrigue, all that kind of thing happens. And then if you, practice this you just find that everybody becomes nice so this is my take on it and you know sometimes i'm awful i gossip i'm mean but at least at some time i get happiness sometime in the day that that's all this is my favorite practice and this is what i do i don't do any of the other stuff i don't understand the difference between each of the various forms of meditation for me um, insight meditation calm abiding it's all the same to me. So I'm the one person who doesn't understand that. For me, meditation is just one thing. And that's mindfulness. That's being mindful, giving your flow to that moment, whatever you do. That's all I understand. Um, the other thing is academia for me. I don't understand. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. And there's one, uh, one thing. Yeah, oh, please, <laughs> that's please. Yeah, no, no, no. I just wanted to share something fun. Uh, I don't know if I shared this, but once I was driving with Tapa and in India, I don't, I, all those who, Tara, you, you've been, so you know that uh, the person behind you is very impatient and they blow the horn a lot. Okay. In fact, they speak with their horn. So they beep, beep, beep all the time. So especially if there's a lady who's driving in front, uh, the bus driver is going to give you hell. And Tapa told me, Maybe he needs to go to the toilet, and that's why he's in a hurry. <laughs> you know, if you think that way, <laughs> your reaction changes to a response. You know, you you just imagine, or maybe his wife is in labor; he needs to go to the hospital. So, you know, that way your response, you just give him right of way. He's the bigger vehicle, so, and then you just, you know, your driving experience in India becomes fun. That's thank, that's why. <laughs> thank you, Miss Nalini. <laughs> I should have had you teach the class on the four gifts. Oh, no, 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 a, no, no. With your teaching, lovely, I, I, that was I a lovely this. presentation. 
uh, and it and it clearly that it seems to really work for you, which is lovely. And I, I'm there with you. It's a very very profound practice for me also. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I can see that Catherine is just squirming away in her chair and she's just sitting on both of her hands. She's just dying to say something. So let's give her the opportunity. Please share with us, Catherine. Um, yeah, it's been quite interesting to think about, actually, because in uh, in my job, I sort of, I, I, I play the role of of the four gifts. Um, so I can sort of step into that as a, as a role and then step step back out again. And I, and I was thinking, um, I remember a time when, when I guess when, when I was burning out really, when I could step into the role as, as the person came in the room. And then as they walked out the room, I'd sit with my head in my hands and I'd go back to being Catherine and then they'd step into the room and I'd step back into that role again. So um, I, I know how to do it as, as a role. It's, a, it's about um, bringing it out from those moments into the rest of the day. Um, and it's quite funny, the happiness bit um, on, on, at the end. I need to generate the happiness bit. Uh, which I didn't have before, which I, uh, through the practices, it's funny, through the practices of appreciation, the happiness bit comes, doesn't it? So you're more happy because you're more appreciative. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I am happier, much happier than I ever was. So um, I just need to add that to the end, but also feel it rather than act it. I think it's got to come from, um, from the heart rather than than just a show i think thank you lovely um and a couple of tips for for doing that so you know they, they have this idea you know fake it till until you make it you know that we and somebody might say well that doesn't sound very buddhist but actually it is it's that's bodhicitta we have we have contrived and uh contrived an authentic bodhicitta which is the mind of awakening the compassion uh, for others. And we start off with practices and prayers and we're saying, yeah, yeah, I hope everybody's happy. We don't really mean it, but we try. That's contrived bodhicitta. But, it's, but what we do is we keep practicing it as un unauthentic as it may be. We keep practicing it and it leads to a practice of genuine bodhicitta, uncontrived bodhicitta. And it, it works in my own experience. I, I, uh, I had that experience or I, I experienced that often. So, um, so this idea of fake it till you make it is comes right out of Buddhism. Buddhism doesn't have any problem with that. Uh, it, in a lot of ways, we start off with kind of contrived ideas, even s simple things like goodness. And, you know, people that first become Buddhists, they have to get used to these ethical things that, you know, they didn't experience before. And at first it, it feels uncomfortable and you get used to it and then they become second nature and then they become authentic. So the idea that you practice this professionally makes a lot of sense. If you look at that list, isn't that, aren't those the qualities that you'd want in a doctor? Aren't those the qualities you'd want in a social worker? So they are. But here's the question, like when you say you'd, you'd go into it and then you'd come out, does anybody ever feel a need to come out of stability, calm, 
caring and happiness, it's gonna like, oh, I, I think I'll stay a little bit. So, but the thing is that you've, you have a, like two worlds. You, in this practice, this week, Catherine, I want you to soften it. I want you to go in slower and softer. Of course, everybody, you know, that's our thing. We do soft practice here. We go in gentle, we go in soft, and we take care of ourselves, we're comfortable, and we slowly get into our practices. And I really recommend that to you, Catherine, you know it is like an on switch, like you're performing, I'm on. You need to now slow down, experience it within yourself experientially, and, uh, and really from the heart. Like this time, you really mean it. I think as a professional, we do it as a job. Some might say that as a monk, that's the same for me. Those are the qualities that people look for from me. But there's one thing about performing it because it's a, it's a part of your occupation. It's another thing to really genuinely feel that way. When I'm with people, I don't have to pretend that these qualities, I want to be stable from others. Uh, a, a little personal note as a teacher, that's by far the very first thing I do when I'm with people, anyone that needs help, the very first thing I do is create an atmosphere of stability and they pick up on it. And they become stay more stable right away. That is the greatest thing to start with. And again, when I'm working with somebody, you can build it just like we're building the four gifts. After that stability, you bring some calmness in and the person calms down. You bring some care in and they're, they're touched by that and they, they feel care and loved. And then you bring a little, a twinkle in your eye and a little smile and you see their, their face light up a little bit and they're not as sad as when they came in. So uh, again, uh, sometimes I, I feel like I can't quite, I don't quite have the words for how profound I think this practice is. It's not kid stuff. It seems kind of like it is, you know, oh yeah, these four things and it, cute little practice therapist throwing around. But to be honest, I, I really want you guys to dig in like shining. Well, you know, we're talking, these are the most profound qualities that we have and we can share with others. Do you think as, as I'm listening and I, I, might be, I might be wrong, but would, do you think that looking at these four ideas, I, my own impression is that the single root, because like we were talking about fake it till you make it, you know, yeah. and, and that whole idea. But would, would you say that stability is the, the root, the core that has to be developed and, and cultivated in order for the other three to become real? I don't think you can fake stability. I think the other three, you can, you can, you can wing it. But unless you're in a place of stability, like calmness does not necessarily mean just like not reacting to something. Caring is not necessarily just helping out of a sense of duty or happiness isn't the same thing as having fun. So if you take it, you got to have the stability in all the other three. Otherwise, they're not going to be be real. That's just my own. You hit it right on the head, Carl. You couldn't be more accurate. It's funny. I, I've been through a couple versions of the practice. And I remember at one time I had stability at the top. And, and then I realized, oh, no, it just doesn't, you know, through practice, I, I realized it just doesn't work that way. Um, I think you've known the little speech I've given about that, that a lot of us, we, we say we want to be happy, but a great deal of that is really we want to be stable. 
Stability is something right. that all of us really cherish, but we don't know it. We, uh, we want to know that I'm going to have a job tomorrow, that my kids and myself are going to be healthy, that uh, there'll, there'll be a planet tomorrow. We want stability in our lives at all costs. We want, we want to know every apple is a sweet, every movie is funny, every experience is delightful, every vacation is wonderful. We want that stability. And so, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is uh, an incredibly magical quality. I don't think any of us quite get it. Uh, in writing my practices and, and uh, meditation, I, I often uncover practices that uh, are qualities that I realize are so much more magical than people uh, uh, understand. Compassion was always the first one, which of course the Dalai Lama points out that compassion is much more than a, an emotion. Compassion is clarity into our, it's our, it's our true nature peeking out from underneath samsara. It's a quality that's much deeper than we might, uh, might believe. And then I found on my own that the practice of appreciation was the same, that appreciation was so much more than we give it credit for, that it was a deeply, a really incredible quality. And then stability is the same. And, um, I could definitely sit down and write a paper on stability and, uh, and just to help people realize what an incredible quality this is. And you're right, it starts with stability. And when I talk about stability, I'm talking about mental and emotional maturity and learning how to be less reactive, you know, these things that we talk about. And of course, we, we you know, like, like Carl, you were saying that it's a tough uh, it's one of the hard ones to begin with, but we do have our, our practices in place. Meditation and mindfulness and following our breath, these all lend themselves to stability, right? So we have the practices there and we slowly get better. Also, a lot of people point out with this is that they, the qualities tend to feed each other. Though uh, I agree that stability is a root, a root aspect of it, uh, calmness helps us become stable. Caring for others help us, helps us to become more stable because while we're focusing on helping others, we're not focusing on our own trouble, which is unstabilizing. So when we're focusing on other people's well-being, it stabilizes us. And being happy is stabilizing us also. So they all work together. That was a lovely question, Carl. Gave me a chance to go out on a tangent. And folks, we're coming up on about an hour. I don't like to make teachings too long. I was thinking about saying a prayer and saying good night to all my lovely friends. Does that sound good? Anybody have a dire, immediate, life-threatening question that must be answered right now? I take that as a no. Oh, let's say a prayer. This is our altruistic prayer. May all be healthy, may all be prosperous, may all be well. May all be present, free of past regret and future worry. May all abide in constant appreciation, which is a source of great joy and contentment. May all realize their true nature and the true nature of reality, which is awakening. Can you tell that I've been recording audiobooks all weekend? <laughs> I don't make, I'm not making any mistakes. Oh, Catherine, I didn't mean to say that I 
manipulate people. Oh, I think you did. Oh, you're a terrible manipulator. You're the manipulator. You're the worst kind of manipulator. <laughs> oh, Miss Catherine, nobody would ever accuse you of being a manipulator. You're a lovely, lovely person. And I apologize if I made it sound that way. I, uh, that's not something that I believe. Um, so my apologies. I was just kind of bragging about myself. I wasn't necessarily trying to put you down. My apologies. I hope you'll still remain my close and wonderful friend. I'm flawed. I think a whole bunch. <laughs> hey, goodbye, everybody. Uh, thank you, Tarpa, for an absolutely fantastic sangha. Fantastic. The best ever. What a sangha. What a blessing. <laughs> Our thank international you. sangha. Oh, by the way, one last thing. Everybody, uh, we're doing a practice challenge, right? We, I talked about it already. We're all practicing together. From today until next Monday, our Sangha is going to be practicing the four gifts. It's a lot of fun. There's no commitment. Nobody yell at you if you're not practicing enough. And we get on uh, our uh, WhatsApp group and our Facebook group, and we support each other. It's a lot of fun. Catherine puts nice pictures up and inspires us all. Uh, it's just a, a lot of fun. You can ask questions. I'm there. If anybody needs help with the practice, I'm a click away. I can do private Zooms with people, all that kind of stuff. So I encourage everybody that's here to join our practice challenge. And let's see if we can really improve ourselves in a week and get some real happiness ourselves. Because these qualities, as much as we do them for other others, remember, you're the one that's holding them. So if you're stable, calm, caring, and happy, and you're holding that for others, at the end of the day, you're stable, calm, caring, and happy all day long. So you're you're the beneficiary of it all. It's a trick, right? It's a it's a Jedi mind trick that I do. So, um, but please join us, and we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it. So, okay, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Peace and prayers. Bye.